Hello there. I apologize for the delay in uh, reading the continuation of the last chapter. So let's continue with the place from where we left last time. This amazing and unbelievable experience was a confirmation. He demonstrated this kriya once again in a similar manner. Perhaps that day will never come when I can speak about this to the world. I would like to do so because I feel that the world should know that such sages exist and the researchers should start researching such secret science. Miracles like this show that a human being has such abilities and in the third chapter of the Yoga Sutras Patanjali, the codifier of yoga science, explains all the siddhis. I do not profess or claim that such siddhis are essential for self-enlightenment. But I want to say that human potentials are immense and as the physical scientists are exploring the external world, the genuine yogis should not stop exploring the inner abilities and potentials. His way of teaching was very particular and straightforward. When I insisted on knowing about our tradition, he said, in our external way of life, we come from Shankara's order. But actually, our spiritual tradition is different from any institutional traditions existing in India. I also asked why he lived in Tibet and not in India. He answered, it does not matter where I live. Here, I have a few advanced students who are prepared and who practice under my guidance. In the future, I might come to India. I often showered questions on him, exactly as I did with my master. He spoke very little and answered me briefly with a smile and then he closed his eyes. He would say, be still and quiet and you will know without being told verbally. You should learn to see through your inner eye and to hear through your inner ear. My diary is full of the instructions he gave me. He told me to cultivate more love by, this, by serving my disciples and students through meditation, speech and action. I wondered how one could serve through meditation and wanted to know more. He said the sages, yogis and spiritual masters serve the world by going deep within to the central fountain of love and expressing that love to the students without using any method of communication known so far to the modern man. This, the finest of all communication, becomes very active in deep silence and helps the students to resolve all fears, doubts and problems. Any selfless wish experienced by the master during that time is always fulfilled. I lived with my grandmaster for several months doing sadhana, enjoying his divine presence and learning a few methods of solar science and advanced techniques of writer's tantra. Solar science is one of the highest of the advanced yoga sciences which can help humanity today by eliminating suffering. According to my grandmaster, it involves a particular type of meditation on the solar plexus and is very beneficial for removing all obstacles created by physical and mental diseases. The solar system is the largest network in the human body and its center is called Manipura Chakra. There are various ways of meditating on this chakra but by including advanced pranayama, solar science brings forward an awareness 
of the level of energy finer than the pranic level. At this level, the energy rhythms are studied by meditating either on the morning sun or on Udarangi. Udara, Udara Agni, Udar Agni, sorry, which is the in, internal center of the fire. This fire is created by the friction of the upper hemisphere and the lower hemisphere, which in the Upanishads are called Upper Arani and Lower Arani. This healing science, though described in the Upanishads and known about by scholars, is understood in a practical way by very few. By learning the science, one can have absolute control over his three sheets, physical, pranic and mental. One who is adept in such knowledge can communicate and heal anyone, regardless of the distance between them. I also received a few important lessons from my Grandmaster on Sri Vidya, the highest of all sciences and the mother of all mandalas found in Tibetan and Indian literature. In advanced practices, the students learn how to concentrate on different parts of Sri Yantra and few rare students learn to travel to the center. This yantra is considered to be the manifestation of divine power and the bindu or point in the center is the center where Shakti and Shiva are united. Even after being initiated in this vidya in the Malabar hills of India, my teacher there did not give me the practice of bindu vedana, piercing the point. In this worship of the Divine Mother, the final knowledge imparted by the great sages is found. For this knowledge, a scriptural study is essential. But most essential is the direct guidance of a master who is adept in this vidya. There are very few people who know this and they can be counted on the fingertips. Though I do not know them all, our tradition alone teaches this vidya. If anyone is accomplished in this, then he is from our tradition. Having met my Grandmaster and having received this knowledge, my purpose for visiting Tibet was fulfilled. One day, after two and a half months of study with my Grandmaster, I was sitting outside our cave thinking about the diary in which I used to record my experiences. A thought flashed in my mind. I wish I had my diary here so I could note down a few experiences. My grandmaster smiled and beckoned me to come to him. He said, I can get your diary for you. Do you need it? Such a possibility was not a great miracle for me anymore for I had experienced such things before. I casually replied, yes, and a few pencils too. I had left my diary in India at a sanatorium near, called Bavali near the Nanital Hills in North India. Suddenly, three pencils and my diary, which was quite large, containing 475 pages, were before me. I was pleased, but not especially surprised. I told him that I preferred him to give me something spiritual. He laughed and said, I have already given you that. You should learn to retain it through resistance or carelessness. Retain it without resistance or carelessness. Then, he said, 
my blessings are with you now i want you to go to lhasa and from there you should return to india i said it is not possible for me to return to india i will be arrested he replied india will soon have independence if you delay the heavy snow and glaciers will prevent you from returning to india this year i have not seen my grandmaster again sometime later i heard that he bid goodbye to his close disciples and disappeared some people say that they last saw him sitting with garland of flowers around his neck floating on the current of kali ganga a river which flows through tanakpur i have asked my master if he is still living in his mortal body but my master just smiles in response and says that you will have to find out for yourselves concerned about what would happen on my return it's somewhat confident i went to lhasa with the help of the lama who had earlier been my host i left for india in june 1947 with the help of two mules and two guides it took me a month to cross the snow blanketed passes and reach gangtok the capital city of sikkim Three days before I arrived there, India's independence was declared. While in Gangtok, I lived in a monastery which still exists on the northeast side of the city. There, I visited a lama who was a remarkable man. He was a genuine Buddhist yogi and a learned Sanskrit scholar who had lived for many years in Bodhi Gaya in India. Usually, the scholars of Buddhism criticize Shankara. just as swamis from the older of order of shankaracharya criticized buddhism but this wise man citing references from many texts taught me a synthesis of buddhism and shankara's advaita system shankara was a great yogi philosopher and a dynamic young avatar incarnation of god who systematized the and organized the advaita non dualist system although the codifier of the system was gaudapada acharya he said there's no difference between these systems of philosophy as far as the ultimate reality is concerned there are verbal differences but no experiential differences cast off all sectarian influences and attain the highest state of consciousness or nirvana he was sad to know that followers of buddhism in india tibet china japan and the whole of southeast asia had forgotten the meditative tradition of self enlightenment and had again fallen back towards ritualistic patterns although this was not the way of buddha the unalloyed Buddh- buddhism which can help the modern world has all been lost in thousands of temples buddhist lamas priests and monks are performing rituals while buddha said a light thy own lamp no one will give you salvation realize thyself attain nirvana and thou art buddha thyself the lama also criticized the advaitans the followers of shankara for indulging in rituals and for not teaching advaita philosophy properly he said such teachings are creating confusion in the world then he explained chankara's philosophy is a synthesis of vedic philosophy and buddhism 
he quoted the veda saying ash ashatva idam agra asat which means this visible universe has come out of the void he quoted several other scriptures and compared the philosophy of the mandukya upanishads with the sankhya karika of ishvara krishna who was a buddha scholar after tutoring me for several days he suggested that i leave the mon leave the monastery and return to my master in the himalayas preparing to tear the veil each student has his own image of what a teacher should be if you come to me you're not prepared to see me as i am since your expectations are not fulfilled you decide that i am not a good teacher this is not the proper way to approach a teacher approach with determination and a burning desire to learn then there will be no problem how will you find the right master there is a saying in the scriptures when the disciple is prepared the master appears if you are not prepared he will be there but you won't notice or respond if you do not know what a diamond is a diamond may be there but you ignore it and pass it by taking it to be just a piece of glass further if you do not know the difference of difference you may acquire a piece of glass think that it is a diamond and cherish cherish it your whole life during the period of seeking the student may become too intellectual ignoring sahaja bhava spontaneous intuition or conversely he may become too emotional ignoring his reason an emotional trip is a, is as dangerous as an intellectual trip each feeds the ego those who do not believe in discipline should not expect enlightenment no master can or will give it to them just because they want it a genuine spiritual teacher one who is assigned to teach according to tradition searches out good students he looks for certain signs and symptoms he wants to know who is prepared no student can fool a master the master easily perceives how well the student is prepared if he finds that the student is not yet ready he will gradually prepare him for the higher teachings and then the wick and oil are properly prepared and the master lights the lamp that is his role the resulting light is divine we should not worry about who will guide us the important question is am i prepared to be guided jesus had only 12 close disciples he helped many but he imparted the secret wisdom only to those who those few who were prepared the sermon on the mount is comprehended by only a few not by the multitudes those not on the path do not understand for example why one should be meek and poor the master's ways of teaching are many and sometimes mysterious he teaches through speech and actions but in some cases he may teach without any verbal communication at all i have often felt that the most important teachings have their source in intuition and are beyond the powers of verbal communication 
you should do your duty in the world with love and that alone will contribute significantly to your progress on the path of enlightenment you do need one who can guide and help you you need an external guru as a means to attain the guru within you sometimes you may become egoistical and decide i don't need a guru this is ego talking you must tame it you will never meet a bad guru if you are a good student but the reverse is also true if you are a bad student you won't meet a good guru why should a good guru assume responsibility for a bad student nobody collects garbage if you are in search of a guru search within first to become a yogi means to know your own condition here and now to work with yourself don't grumble because you don't have a teacher ask whether you deserve one are you capable of attracting a teacher once when i once when i complained to my master that he was not teaching me he said come on i'll become your disciple for the time being you become the teacher act exactly as i have i told him sir i do not know what to do he said don't worry you will know so he came to me with his eyes closed carrying a bowl which had a big hole in it and he said teacher give me something i asked how is it possible for me to give you anything your bowl has a hole in it then he opened his eyes and said you have a hole in your head and you want something from me increase your capacity purify yourself acquire that gentle strength within god will come and say to you i want to enter this living temple that you are prepare yourself for that situation remove the impurities and you will find that he who wants to know reality is himself the source of reality of the many swamis and teachers of all the faiths who i have known only a few have been fully enlightened i once raised this problem with my master i said sir so many people are called swami or sage the people of the world are cheated why are there so many inadequate teachers who aren't really ready to be teachers who themselves should still be students he smiled and said do you know a garden of flowers often has a fence or a hedge around it to protect it these people are the hedge created for us by the lord let them pretend one day they will in fact become fully realized for now they are only cheating themselves if you want to meet the genuine and fully knowledgeable teacher you must first prepare yourself then you will be able to pass through the hedge so there ends chapter 12 thanks for listening